Angela is uh, originally, uh, well, she's from South Africa, lives in Cambridge at the moment. Uh, she has a ministry that uh, stretches into all sorts of churches across the UK and across the world. Um, she's literally just come back from South Africa. Uh, she has a great story. God has used her mightily in terms of breaking through in different nations, in different places. And it's, uh, many of you know her. She's been with us many times. It's a great joy for, to have her with us and to, uh, and to hear what God's going to say through her. So pin your ears back. Be prepared. God is going to speak to you today. So let's give her a warm hand. I'm back. <laughs> For those of you who were here last year. But it's so good to see you all and your worship. You've got something, and you've got to hear me, there's something here in worship that is so precious that I think people's hearts melt. And if people have come in and they're not followers of Jesus, something melts in them. There's, there's an evangelistic tinge on your worship and also just the words that were brought is so attractive to those who want to be followers of Jesus and so wonderful stuff and Father thank you so much that you're so good to us, just so good. Lord we are overwhelmed with delight in you and Father my eyes are on you now, Lord you know how I prepare and then you do your thing anyway. And so I ask whatever, whatever, come and bless this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you're going through a series um, on Isaiah 61. And it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. That's as far as I'll read, so I've got more time to speak. But you know, I love this. I love this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And as Tim so wonderfully, wonderfully preached last week, um, he, he mentioned Luke 4 when Jesus read these verses and then he sat down because it was completed. The spirit of the sovereign Lord was on Jesus and he completed what Isaiah said here. How absolutely good, the fulfillment has come. The year of the Lord's favor is here. It's just, we are dwelling in the favor forever and ever and ever and ever and ever of God. The whole thing is that the same spirit of the sovereign Lord that was on Jesus is on us. So there was a time, we, we had a, a, this big church weekends, camps, weeks, 
called Stonely. And there was one year that we sang the song, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. And there was an awe in that cattle shed as the Holy Spirit came in power and people wept and wept as a realization came. This is us. This is who we are. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on us. Because whatever Jesus has, has now been imparted to us. And so that spirit of the sovereign Lord which was on Jesus is on me and you. And if you will, I'm one of those who gets the congregation involved. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. That's quite a thing. Because we can hear it spoken, but to actually own it. You know, there's a time in this nation now, the nation's in darkness. We as the church, we need to own what God has said about us. We need to declare these things more to each other. This is who we are. Spirit of the Lord is on us because he's anointed us to do these things. And our God is not a man that he would lie. If he said it, it's true, he will do it. It's mine. The Spirit has anointed me and he's anointed you if you're a follower of Jesus. And when I came in here, now I've written all about, um, my verses are, the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor um, or the disadvantaged. And so I've written in line with that. But as I came in here, God just spoke to me and said, for people who aren't followers of Jesus, you see, our, our father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's rich, rich, rich. And for anybody who doesn't know Jesus, they fall under the category of the poor because they don't know this father. They don't know Jesus who came to die for us on the cross. Do you see? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. It's, it's not only about the works we do for those who are uh, uh, poor or disadvantaged, but the passion to give the gospel, the cry from our hearts is to give the gospel to those who don't know him so that they link to our Father who will give them everything for life and godliness. Do you see? I'd never linked the two together. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the good news. I'll give you a moment to ponder that. I love the way, now I'll I'll get to the disadvantaged. I just threw that in there because people without God, there's just no hope. But we are those with hope and we are are all anointed. Did Did you say to people next to you, I'm anointed to bring good news? 
And that good news is, what is the good news? When we talk about the good news, what is it? Isn't it the gospel? Exactly. Isn't it the gospel? So we are anointed to bring the gospel. And I speak this over your church. That you are anointed to bring the gospel. I just believe many people are going to be saved here. Many, many people are going to be saved. Because there's something going on here in your worship that has a, that tinge of salvation, the gospel, the attractiveness of the gospel. And you're gonna see many people come in off the streets to hear about him because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you to bring good news to the poor. Now I'll talk about the disadvantaged side of it. So I love the way God puts the poor first. Funny there Jesus is, he declares who he is. The spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And you think, but why not to the Pharisees, to the this one, to the that one? But it's the poor. God has no favorites, but he has a bias towards the poor. Because, you know, wealthier people can, can hire a lawyer, an advocate, or whatever, to fight for them. The poor have no one, they have no one. So God himself looks after and puts his hand on and answers the cry of those who are saved, and you know what, even those who are unsaved. As they call on him, he answers, he looks after them. I find that totally wonderful about God, the compassion for the poor and the disadvantaged and the unsaved. I'm gonna put that in all the time to get it in our thinking because it, this is the first time it really hit me coming in here. Um, so in Matthew 25, verse 45, it tells us that when Jesus, it says, when Jesus comes in his glory, he will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance prepared for you since the creation of the world. I'm going to read that again. Oh, I just love the Bible. I just love, don't you feel sometimes you can eat scripture because it's so marvelous? Because it's talking about me and you. It's not out there and someone else. It's us. Come, you are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, prepared for you since the creation of the world. We've got an inheritance prepared long before we were born. It, it just blows my mind. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the, and the king will, will reply, 
I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And I've written here, have you noticed from these verses that it's a given that the righteous will have a heart for the disadvantaged and the struggling? I will say that again. Did you notice from Matthew 25, when Jesus comes in his glory, he will call the righteous and say, I was hungry and you fed me, and so on. Because thereafter he talks to the unrighteous and says, you didn't do those things for me. And what struck me going through these verses is, who are the righteous? Because this declaration is given for the righteous. In this hall, who's the righteous? I want you to put your hand up if you, if you are righteous. Oh, you know there's about Sam Gubb in the back there and a few others. Who are the righteous in this room? Who is a follower of Jesus in this room? So who's the righteous? Do you see? We're the righteous. We, aren't, we shouldn't call ourselves sinners anymore because sinners sin. We are uh, those who've been, who've been saved. We are called saints in the Bible. And you think, oh, but me, look at me. But Jesus has washed away our sins. If you are born again, a follower of Jesus, your sins are gone. We are, we are saints who still sin and need to be changed from sinning, but we are saints, we are the righteous. And, and Jesus speaks to the righteous. He will call the righteous and say, now come and inherit all these things from my father because when I was hungry you fed me and so on. So actually the call is to the whole lot of us. It's as if the righteous have been given a heart that is compassionate to the disadvantaged. And so often we judge and we don't realize there's a call on us of compassion. And that doesn't mean everybody is going to go and work in some place and do things with disadvantage, but a soft heart. God is asking us for a soft heart because the righteous has a soft heart to those who are struggling. We are like Jesus, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on us, for he has anointed us to preach good news to the poor. And for those who do not know Jesus, he's given us a soft heart to actually have such compassion. It's not, oh, but what are they gonna say? How can I, you know how we make these excuses, how can I say this and they're not, they're not gonna like me and what, it's like, Father God, give us compassion for those who do not know you because darkness awaits. There's no one to, to call out on for them. As the nation gets darker, who do they have? They've got nobody unless we, out of compassion, 
speak to those who do not know Jesus. It makes sense. Talk to me. Yeah, it's like, come on, we are the righteous. And there's an anointing on us to do this. And so it will be a natural thing for Jesus to say, he puts us on the right and says, when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Because it will naturally flow from us because we're anointed. I tell you the truth, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And he's gonna say, well done. So over this church, there are many well dones, because yes, it's the righteous. Yeah, you're the righteous. I'm righteous. Good heavens, I know my own head. It's not always very nice. But Jesus has spoken righteousness over me. And it's the one time I can name it and claim it. And over you, you can name and claim I'm righteous. So if somebody, next time, next time I come, if you invite me back. And I say, who's righteous? I want to see every hand up. If you are a follower of Jesus, you know, when you, when you put your hand up, it's not this, but that's not very humble. The Bible says it. It's not me saying I'm righteous. He says I'm righteous. And when we claim what the Bible says about us, that is spiritual warfare. So as you put your hand up, that's who I am. The enemy says, oh no, they know. They know who they are. We We can't steal from them that confidence in Jesus. And as a church, you are very involved with the disadvantaged. It's quite amazing. Last year on the Saturday, they got all the people working in different areas of the church uh, for among the disadvantaged. And I was quite shocked. What was it, 50 of you, 60? There were lots, and I'm thinking, whoa, this is huge. And various areas of the church, people are being looked after and helped and so on. Um, And so the blessings on this church, and that is why I feel God is upping your evangelism because he says, well done, well done, but now go for gold, go for gold. Because you see, the disadvantaged, we can give people housing, we can give them food, we can help them out of debt, we can give them all those things, and we must, because that's what we do. And it's not because we must, because I'm, you know, I've got to earn my salvation, so I'd better go and work with the poor. No, it's out of the fullness of our heart. Salvation's free, but oh, look what he's done for me. So I want to come and help you. It's out of the love of God, the overflow of the heart. We go and help people. That's what it is, it's not earning anything. Um, But the people who are disadvantaged at the moment, and that could be any of us at any point in time, even the wealthy could become disadvantaged as jobs go and electricity gets too expensive and so on and so on, and the nest egg dwindles and you think, what am I going to do? 
and we become the disadvantaged. You know, the disadvantaged need all these things, and, and I have a right to talk. I've earned the right to talk, because I worked 20 years in the townships of Cape Town, helping people, fighting apartheid, but also uh, I went to give the gospel, to get people saved, and then God opened my eyes to the pain and trauma of people of color in our nation being separated by apartheid. And so I got involved with the disadvantaged, and God taught me how to do these things. But my pumping thing was people must be saved. And so when you work with the disadvantaged, they've got to be saved. Oh, we've got to get our, that doesn't mean you, you go and you put the gospel on them and you punch them to get, it is, it's this compassion, can I tell you? Can I tell you about Jesus? Can I introduce you to the one, the one? Because the, the poor, the disadvantaged, deserve to be saved. People out there, the, the, what we would call the non-Christians, you know what, Jesus came to die for everyone. And they deserve to be saved. Oh, but look at them. Yeah, but look, I know my history. It's like, and I think I didn't deserve to be saved, but God had said, I'll have you before time. So he's got the I'll have you's all around there. And he says, church, will you? Will you go and collect? Will you bring in? Because you know, Jesus deserves glory. Yeah. Us, and as wonderful as our worship is across England today, he needs more than that. He deserves more than that. Do you see? And so it is for the those working with the disadvantaged. Up the game if you haven't. And ask God for the compassion to give the gospel. Not to push it. Not to press it. Not, well, I'll, you know, if they don't get saved, I'm not serving them anymore. No, we serve but we do get people saved. And then in Isaiah 58, the Lord questions the fasting for a day that people do and exploit their workers. He says in verse six, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice. You see, when I read, when I read the Bible, I think, well, if he said it, that means I can do it. I expect to do whatever he said because he wouldn't lie. It's there. It's for me to do. So I'm able to lose the chains of injustice. So I fought apartheid at parliament level because he said that's what we do. And therefore, I expect it to break. You know, it's a given. I take the Bible and I just think, well, this is my book and whatever he said, I'm going to try it because it's mine to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. That's what we do. Church, we untie cords on, our, on ourselves, on our friends, and on other people. We sang this morning that he's broken these chains on us. He has. But those out there, they, their chains aren't broken. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. 
When you see the naked, to clothe him and not to turn away from our, your own flesh and blood. Now funny, you know, let, let's fast, let's fast. And, and God isn't speaking to us about this now. It was what he was saying then. The fast, or the fasting that the world does to lose weight. I just added in there. I'm very naughty. Um, the fasting God loves is this. Share your food with the hungry. And that doesn't mean we mustn't fast to seek his face, because that's wonderful. But when we fast to seek his face, this will naturally flow from us, because we've, we've met him. We've met him. Now look what happens when we do what Isaiah 58 says. Share our food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. Verse 8. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Whew, these are promises, eh? Then your righteousness will go forth before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. I want that, Lord. Wow. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. And often people say to me, how do I get close to the Lord? I want to hear his, how do I get close? And I take them to this and I say, what's your heart like to the disadvantaged? Because when you've got a soft heart for the disadvantaged, it, uh, you know, and do away with the pointing finger, it also says in Isaiah 58, we point finger at, you know, look at them, look what they do, and look at them spending the money, and look at this, and God says, do away with that. Do away with that. Because when we have a heart for the disadvantaged, we can say to God, Lord, and he says, here I am, and you think, Boy, that wasn't very difficult. That's his promise. So I would stand in the townships, no food, no money to give to people. And as I would close my eyes and say, Father, you've got to help me now. Lord, now, and he, and he would say, how much? As in, how much do you want? Do you see? And I would get, whoa, whoa. And then I would say, well, I need 2,000 rand for this woman needs a new shack, or this one needs a new that. And by the time I got back to the church office, this happened once. Um, no, it happened often, but this is a story I'll tell you. I'd, this woman was being, she became born again. And somebody had a house, but was a witch doctor. And this woman had a shack on the grounds of this woman's house. And uh, the witch doctor would come out and throw water and powders down uh, for the day in, in her yard. But I gave the gospel to the woman in the shack and she became born again. And suddenly there was a clash of spirits. And so she asked the witch doctor not to put the powders down anymore. And the witch doctor said, this is my place. By tonight I want you out. So, of course, when I went to the township, this woman said, I've got nowhere to live. I've got nowhere to live. I need a new piece of ground and to put my shack up again. And I thought, 
I don't know what to do about this, but I came to God and said, Lord, she belongs to you. Your child, you must give her a place to stay. I can't. What are you going to do? And, I, and I, I'm desperate with God. It's like, it's your, she's your child. She's not mine. I didn't give birth to her. You did. You must look after her. And, um, and he said, how much? And I gave a figure. But what I knew would be to put a shack up somewhere else. And by the time I got back to the church office, there was a message for me. I must phone this woman. And it was a white woman. And she was quite racist and she said to me do you need and she gave me the figure like 6,000 rand 10,000 whatever it was exactly that I asked God I said yes and she said she was an artist she said God spoke to me this morning and said I must give you that amount of money and uh, and so I went out and I sold a painting and I got that money can I bring it to you and I said, sure. And then I told her the story and she went with me into the township to go and help this woman put up her new shack. That is our God. When one walks in line with his heart, it is how much, how much. So, Hope Church, you can expect many blessings from God because you are so involved. And I just feel it's God's open hand saying, what do you want? How much? And it's not all about money. You got money. You got, what was it, 40? Yeah. But you need more money always. But it's not about money. It's about power, blessing. It's about uh, God sending people from all tribes and nations in here. Because you see, the gospel must be preached to cross-culture. Yeah. And so it's one, uh, the one is preaching to uh, different nations. And I feel God's got a, a cross-cultural anointing on you to preach across the nations. And teams of you will go out to other nations to preach the gospel with power. What is the time? 25. 25. Ooh. Ooh. So I'll stop there. And I want to call quickly. You've got to rush. If you are working with the disadvantaged, I want you to come forward here. If you have a heart for the disadvantaged, you're not working with them, I want you to come forward. If you would like God to soften your heart for the disadvantaged and for the power to give the gospel. I want you to come forward. 
You see, we ask God, soften my heart. Soften my heart. We come humble. This morning we heard about humility, coming humbly to God. Soften my heart. Soften my heart. And then, if you give finance into this church that actually helps the disadvantaged, because when you give finance, this is what happens. I want you to come forward. If you give money into this church, I want you to come forward. Just fill up all over, just fill up. And if you can't come forward or you think, oh no, I don't want to, it's fine because God doesn't come, I'm a movement person. Um, God doesn't only come here, he comes all over. So it's fine. So if you stay up there, it's fine. Um, But let's see, I want you to look around. Look at this. Father God, Holy Spirit come. Whoa, Holy Spirit come. Lord, there's big things that I spoke about today. Come, Lord, and fill each one with power. Ooh. Father, will you come heal the sick? Yep, we heal the sick. Will you come break chains? Will you come break bondages? People, and, and people who, who battle with mental health for years and years. Lord, come and do your stuff. Lord, look at this. This is your people. And you said, Lord, I read from the Bible, you said this is what we do. This is the anointing on us. This is what we do. And therefore, come and do it. Holy Spirit, come. And then, Father, for those who don't know Jesus yet, who aren't followers, Father God, come and save. Because you do. This is our job. This is what we do. Because the spirit of the sovereign Lord was on Jesus. You on us. Holy Spirit, come. 